Welcome to the first show of Warrior Week podcast, Parables from the Pit. With me today, I have Dan Bandarski. Dan is a graduate of Warrior Week 24. Dan, what's going on, my brother? Hey, what's going on, brother Sam? Okay, Dan, we need you to uh, have your mouth very close, very, sure? very, very close. close. Yeah, okay, very okay. close. Stick I, it, I, stick it in there, bro. Stick I, it in I'm there. Trying. Yeah. Up uh, there we go. Yeah, I there went through we this go. whole initiation with on the last last fucking episode of <laughs> the show. All right. Got so <clears throat> today, today we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about the truth, and inside of that, we're gonna talk about the truth through the stories of men coming into this crucible experience called Warrior Week. Before Warrior Week itself begins, Dan, as you know, there's a number of people that reach out via their applications. They put in this application for being a candidate of Warrior Week. So now, from your experience, Dan, how many of these applications, or more precisely, let's talk about your application. Let's talk about the time and the moment where you actually sat down and applied. Uh, I'm going to take you through that. What, What were you feeling? What were you feeling as you were answering the question? As you were facing these questions, what was going on inside of your mind, man? You know, so just thinking back, so this was this was two, almost two and a half years ago. So it happened in November. Actually, you know, the application happened in September of 2015. And uh, the things that were going through my mind more than anything, Sam, was, was, uh, was fear, was uncertainty. Uh, a, a lot of it also was actually I felt... Um, I want to say unworthy. Like, can I even can I even make this happen? Am I am I even uh, gonna pass the interview? That was my that was the biggest thing that ran through my mind was that level of uncertainty. Like, am I worthy? That's what I was looking for. Am I worthy of it? Big fucking question. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, Dan, for a second. And 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 like this feeling of, am I worthy enough? I mean, certainly it didn't start at the interview process. The interview process actually triggered that. And prior to the interview process, you felt that somewhere, somehow, at age of, I would guess, 33 at that time? What? No, no, no. I was, th- I was 30. 30. At age of 30. Like, what's not working in your life? Or what's this feeling? Or what's this fucking story that's telling you you're not worth it? Well, that moment in time, I mean, my life was a complete wreck. Um, I just, um, the business that I was running real estate was not working. The relationship I was in was not working. Um, The body that I had was not working. Nothing that I was doing was working. And that just, just brought that level of unworthiness to, am I even capable of doing what is, what is asked of me in this interview? Because the questions you, that, that are asked, excuse me, an application, are, are real tough questions. They make you get really honest with yourself. You know, I love the very first question, Sam, that, that is asked in the application is, have you ever been punched in the face? Yeah, that is right? the first question. That is the first question that you get asked in the application of Warrior Week. And even that question had me thinking, like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? Am I a big enough man? Am I a good enough man to even go through this? What's on the other side? Beautiful. Yeah, let's talk about that particular fucking question. Have you ever been punched in the face by another man? So prior to Warrior Week, no. I was never, I've never, I've always avoided fights. You know, let's be real. I'm a small guy. I've always been a small guy. And I was, I weighed 120 pounds when I applied for Warrior Week. I mean, I was, that's the lowest I've ever weighed at 30 years old, five foot eight. I weighed 120 pounds. So my approach to life was always just just try to kind of avoid confrontation, avoid situations that, that really made me step up as a man. So that very first question really, really uh, scared the shit out of me. Yeah, and it's, it's, meant to, it's meant to trigger a man. It's meant to awaken a sense of, what the fuck is this question? What am I being asked? And sometimes it's not just a physical punch, but have I been punched in the face by life? Have I been punched by the face, by the conditions and the environment that I constantly put myself in? And it goes above and beyond and just receiving a physical punch in your face. 
And I have some 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 interview. Uh, I mean, I have some questionnaires that are filled up, and we're gonna go through a few of these for you guys to get a feeling of when a man starts sharing and the definition of punch changes. And in your case, yes, somehow physical punch, no confrontation. It was the 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 absolute questions where this application was driving you to, and the sense of you being aware that. Somehow, somewhere, this is an awakening something in you. This is awakening the fact that where else in life I have been punched? And at that time, often guys, just on the first fucking question, pause. Pause and reflect. And this one question can take hours to spend because there's hours of dealing with the pain that this one single question arises. And let's talk about the pain that arises from you. At the time you were filling up the application, and when you read the question, have you ever been punched in the face by another man? And after going through the permanently answer of no or whatever, seeing it as a physical punch, and then your mind taking you to this place where the physicality of it didn't matter anymore and it was life punching you in your face. What punch had you received from life at that time in your life, Dan? So just like I stated earlier, I mean, just everything. I mean, I was I was failing, failing at leading my business in real estate. I was failing at leading my relationship. I was failing at leading myself. Those there was were consistent punches daily to wake up daily and know that I was not winning to know that I was getting just beat down by everything and everyone around me. So, you know, like you mentioned, there's the physical right where it's, where it's a guy on guy like a like a bar fight. And then there's the reality of, like, what is punching you in the face on the daily basis that you're not noticing? And it, it, it took me going through this application to realize, you know, I am getting punched in the face. I'm getting kicked like a fucking dog every day because I'm not willing to actually stand up for myself. So you fill up the application. Somehow you go through that and you come into a conversation with me. And I can recall specifically our conversation, man. Like, I can go there and I can, like, and I have, I don't know what the fuck it is, but conversations like that, I can remember. I won't remember what the fuck I ate yesterday. Mm -hmm. Or if I left the car open or not, the door of my car open. Like, but that, conversations like that, I'll remember. And I can close my eyes right now and recall exactly Two years ago, man. Yeah. Fucking two years ago. I right. can recall exactly two years ago inside of that conversation. Man, I felt your pain. I, f I felt th the punch that you had received in your life. And I specifically remember what it was. And I'm going to let you go through the details. But I specifically remember what it was, man. You described to me that you woke up one day. Your, your, your ex-girlfriend and your fiancé, whoever that lady was at that time, was gone over the weekend and that, that you had this feeling that this is all going to end and then you received a phone call or somehow she came back, I believe, that day. You went to pick her up at the airport and inside of that conversation, you were told that this relationship is over. And that relationship actually included a... A, a young, a young girl two, as well. Two children. Two, two children, children two. which yeah, you've attached yourself to completely. So, dude, you want to talk about fucking punch? You want to talk about pain? Because this show is about reality. This show is not about concepts. This show is not about oh yeah, that that was a painful time of your life. This show is about reliving the fucking pain. Because the pain that you're going to relive right now, Dan, is the pain that somebody else listening right now feels. Like a person's going to feel that shit right now. And so this show is to tell the stories of the pit. And in the pit, there is fucking pain, nothing else. There's no pleasure in the pit. There's no possibility in the fucking pit. There is simply pain. So I'm going to take you there, man. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take you there, take a deep breath, and just remember that weekend and tell us about it, man. So, yeah, just, just you mentioning it just brings back this, this flood of emotions that I was feeling. I, I will never forget... Um, that whole weekend, that 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 week after, that just changed my life substantially, and you know, it's, it's one day, you just have this moment where you wake up, and like you mentioned, like I just knew it in my bones that the life that I knew, the life that I was accustomed to, was gonna end, 
and there was nothing I could do about it. Like I could close my eyes and I could feel and see the walls crumbling around me. Sam, you mentioned one thing to me, and I re- I'll never forget this. It's, 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 you said that you wake up one day and the sky is red. You wake up and the sky is red and you can't explain it. It's supposed to be blue, but you wake up and the sky is red. And this is the new world you live in now. Going through that pain, watching my relationship fall apart, literally, after I talked to Sam, when I was going through the interview process, after I was going through the setup for Warrior Week, my relationship ended. My relationship that I had somebody that I loved dearly, that had kids, that had two children that I fell in love with, that I knew that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with because I I wanted to have that family. It was cut short, not by my own decision. Granted, I could say that I did certain things that led up to it. I will take full responsibility for that, Sam. But the truth of the matter is, is that it happened and my world turned upside down completely. Everything. No longer did my job exist because we had a we had a partnership together. That fell apart. I was kicked out of the house that we lived in. That week, Sam, I don't remember, I totaled my car. Yes, I do remember. I lost everything. You know, there's there's an interesting story that goes along with the car, and I don't know if you call, recall this, Sam, but I remember when I was being kicked out of my house. I, t- I was told I can no longer stay here. I have to find my own place. I looked up at the sky, and I said, well, at least I can live in my car. Guess what happened a few days later? Somebody hit you in the fucking back of your car, man. A freak accident. Audi, right? Was yeah, it? My Audi. And it wasn't even the ba- they 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 T-boned me with a motorcycle and totaled my car. I had nothing left. Nothing at all. Nowhere to go. That was the world that I lived in. That is the world that brought me to the fucking Warrior Week because I had nothing left. So, inside of that if if you have not if you have not been dumped by a woman meaning that if your heart has not been broken by another woman you have no fucking clue what pain this man and myself went through i knew exactly what dan was feeling cuz i felt that three times in my fucking life when i was 18 this happened to me after a year and a half of relationship. That the, the, the conversation of the sky being red actually came then because I literally felt the fucking sky was red. I woke up and the person that I knew is no longer that person that I knew. It is like a complete different person. And inside of that space, there was nothing that I could do. Nothing. I did not recognize who this person was. And here is this person telling me that no longer she wants to be inside of this relationship. Man, I fucking cried for a month. For a month in my room. I don't give a fuck. I was 19 and a half. It was embarrassing. No one. No one came to visit me. It was my mom knows this up to now. For a month, I cried in my fucking room and depressed. You know, same thing with me when, when my world fell apart, actually. Sam, you were the only one. My mom didn't know about this because I didn't want my mom to know about it, and I didn't want to worry because she lives in Alaska and I lived in Arizona. I had no friends in Arizona. The relationships I built were based on my relationship with my ex at that time. Yeah. I had nobody. It was literally me by myself with just what I had left from what I brought with me, my clothes. That's it. No car. No house, no furniture, nothing. That was my life. I had nobody to turn to and say, can you help me? I had nobody to turn to to say, can you listen to me? Everybody, you know, at some point, you know, it's interesting, Sam. At some point, people do kind of say, oh, my God, I want to hear your story. But they don't fucking want to hear your story. Because they, they feel like you're like 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 you're going to burden them. They don't want to hear your problems because people don't have their own problems. So you're faced to handle this situation by yourself. This was the punch in the face that I got, Sam. Like, it woke me the fuck up and made me realize, like, if I don't fight for myself, if I do not fight for what I want, I will never have anything. That punch in the face is basically telling you, if you do not protect yourself, if you do not fight back, you will never have anything. 
And that question sparked it all. It's true. It's true because the pain that Dan is talking about, this pain of no longer being in a relationship with someone that you love, not by choice, but almost by violation. It's like you feel yeah. violated. Yeah. It's taken away from you. You don't understand what it is. If you don't know this pain, I can guarantee you that this pain you will feel at once in your life. If your heart hasn't been broken yet, it is coming. Oh, it is fucking coming. So if you're sitting there and saying, what the fuck are these guys talking about? I thought this show was about like masculinity. Motherfucker, masculinity is about feeling the fucking pain. So if you're masking it, fuck you. Fuck you if you're masking your fucking pain. Right here, we're living, reliving the pain. But if you're one of the guys that this actually happened to you, you're fucking dialed in and you're tuned into this conversation because this is opening some fucking wounds and it's putting some fucking salt on it. So the pain is fucking real because everything collapses. There is no business. There is no fun. There is nothing exists at that time. The thing that matters the most to you is taken away from you and you don't even understand it. There is no definition. There is no why. So after a while of fucking crying, you go to blaming, blaming the self. Well, yeah, I was an asshole. I did this. I did this. And yep. the game of blame begins. Yeah. And now you're the bad guy. You're the bad guy because you lost something that you had. Oh, not because it's real, but because it's the only fucking logical definition that you can make out of it. It's because probably I was an asshole and that's why I lost her. Yeah, I wasn't worthy or I didn't step up as a man or I wasn't what she desired. Right. Those are the things that go that went through my mind. Like, I'm just not worthy. I, I am not worthy of this other human being to to have their love. No matter how much love I give them, I'm not worthy of it. That is that is exactly what went through my mind, Sam. And it's painful as fuck because, you know, I went back home um, this past week. Uh, my, my hometown, Montreal, Canada, it was fucking cold, bro. <laughs> Like, seriously, I'm telling you, it was it like, fuck, you would spit, and by the time the spit hit the ground, it's already a fucking ice. Dude, I saw your videos. You sent me your videos. It was fucking crazy. It, so, anyway, I go back home, and we're having a conversation with a very old friend of mine, probably the only fucking friend that I have mm -hmm. from my childhood. Mm -hmm. So, we're sitting down, and, 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 you know, he was, he, was, he was dumped by his girlfriend last year at age of 40. Really? With kids and everything involved, right? And he remembered. He, he and I talked about this. He remembered the relationship that I had at 19 mm -hmm. where I was actually, like, you know, dumped and, and I was fucking crying for a month. And he told me, he says, you know what, man? I never felt your pain. I never felt your pain until last year. Last year is the first time that I truly felt your pain. So he went on for 40 years not getting his heart broken, and he's got his heart broken just last year. And he said it was the worst fucking feeling on this earth when everything is taken away from you. Yeah, the world you, the world that you know that exists does not exist anymore. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like dying without killing yourself. That's the best way to put it. It's like literally like dying without killing yourself because you have to live through this death. Right. And this other person is still alive and there's nothing you can do about it to bring them back. It's true. I, I totally fucking recall it's you are you are emotionally and physically fucking paralyzed. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. It, it, you're paralyzed until you deal with this somehow crying, yelling. Mm -hmm. Something needs to fucking happen. Yeah. Somewhere, somehow something needs to happen. And you're right. People don't want to hear that shit. No. That's why nobody fucking visited me. Right. It's not that they didn't give a fuck. It's because they don't want to fucking dip into somebody else's misery. This is fucking no. misery. No, they're stepping into the pit with you. Let's let's be real. Most people don't want to be in a pit with you. They just want to wave from the outside and kind of give you the, the satisfaction of saying, hey, I'm here. But they really don't give a fuck because they're not even strong enough to handle your pain. It's true. And this comes back to one of the concepts that we constantly teach here at Warrior. One of the main principles that we focus on is to let your feeling flow. As a man in today's society, most of us are not comfortable dealing with our feelings or we deal with them in a really long way. We blow out and we start yelling at the loved ones, kids and wife and the people that are closest to us. And our feelings are not expressed. 
and our feelings are not dealt with. And this makes us a fucking liar because the more we hide these feelings, the more we have to lie about it. The more we have to mask these fucking feelings. Just like some of you watching this show right now or listening to this, asking yourself one question. Where in your life are you fucking lying? Where in your life are you fucking lying? What mask are you putting on? Are you putting a mask on for your wife? Are you putting a mask on for your kids? Are you putting a mask on for your clients? Are you putting a mask on for your friends? Are you putting a mask on for the people in church? Are you putting a mask on for the people in your sport clubs? Where the fuck are you putting a fucking mask on? Because, motherfucker, you're putting a mask on. I'm putting a mask on. Dan is putting a mask on. Feelings cannot be hidden. But we learned, we learned to feel our feelings. This conversation of the code inside of the doctrine of warrior, this chapter of being raw, letting your feeling flow. There is a system and a blueprint that allows you to feel your feeling and process them in a way that it doesn't fucking blow out on your loved ones. In a way that you can take these feelings and you can actually go to war with them and not fucking dump them inside. Because I can tell you, the pain that Dan felt, the pain that I felt, if suppressed, could come out and destroy future loved ones. What are you hearing from this conversation, Dan? You know, so I, I, you really brought me back to, um, to what happened to me. You brought me back to those days two years ago. And I can still remember that pain. That pain doesn't ever go away. But that pain teaches me, right? Going through that pain after having this discussion with you right now, going through that pain, like it made me who I am. Like, it's amazing how much of an individual I became by going through that, right? It's, it's this fact of life that we want to maintain what we have and that we're not willing to step up. Like, if I did not go through this pain, I would have never stepped up. I would have never saved myself. And you're right, I would have held it in. I would have held it all in, and I would have been this this little guy that, that holds everything in and doesn't let him have the opportunity to be the real person. It's true. Like I would have I would have just been somebody that is not authentic to myself because I was unwilling to stand up for myself. And this is not from a place where you maliciously want to hurt yourself or no. anyone else. No, of course not. No. It, it just becomes a fucking paralyzing operating system under which you operate. Yeah. It's just the world you, that's all you know. And you isolate yourself and you're, you're not alone socially, but you're fucking operating alone. And inside of that space is where you feel the inside of that space is you actually feel the misery of being fucking alone. You, you know, it's interesting you bring this up. So you just brought back another memory. I remember talking to her. I remember talking to my ex and I said to her one day, I said, you know, and this is before we broke up. I remember I was, we were having, I don't know what we were doing, but I remember it being in the house. And, and I told her, like, I know we have a beautiful house. You know, we've got this beautiful life. We got this puppy. We've got this, we've got a pool. We've got a great life. The business is doing great. And I feel alone. Like, I'm with you, but I feel alone. Like, a part of me woke up every day and I felt like I was alone. It's this, it's, it's this gut-wrenching feeling of no matter what you fill it with, whether it's things, whether it's activities, whether it's people, you just feel alone. The most hurtful and paralyzing pain and a man can face is the feeling of being alone. For most of us, we have built defense mechanisms to put a facade and masks on in order to protect ourselves from feeling eventually alone. Many of you have created assumptions and justification that justifies this feeling of being alone. You have created that because as an alpha, you have the power to create that. You have the authority to assume. You have the authority to justify 
you are in charge. So you're not going to feel this fucking pain of being alone. And therefore, you're going to create stories, stories that gives you significance, stories that make you feel important, stories that make you live in a fucking fiction and a fucking fantasy land, stories that don't have any fucking place in the pit, because in the pit, you are fucking alone and there's no one else in with you. And we all have a pit, this dark place, this dark place where the reality is actually an unreality. Because we were afraid to fucking face reality. And when a man decides to step into his pit for the first time ever and feel and face the pain of being alone, that's the common pain inside of the pit, being alone for all of us as men. Doesn't matter what happened to your life. Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter what, how life fucking punched you in the face. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how great your pain is or how great my pain is. We all have a common pain inside of the pit, and that is we feel fucking alone. We feel alone because we are operating alone. And it is that common pain that drives everything, everything that we do here inside of Warrior, everything that we do here inside of conversations with men through this awakening process. I want to go back, Dan, to one of the applications that had recently came to us. Okay. And I want to read uh, I want to read the feeling of this man answering a question. And I want to tie that in exactly to what you and I are, uh, are talking about sure. here. What you experienced two years ago mm -hmm. and what this man just two weeks ago inside of this conversation. He's knocking at the door. Mm -hmm. And I want you to feel and I want all of you to listen to this and feel that he is alone. Dan was alone, and maybe you are alone too. And maybe it's time for you to stop fucking lying to yourself and stop pretending that you're fucking significant and start thinking that, yes, in reality, you may be alone. And that may give you the courage to actually go and visit your pit. So we're going to go and read this, this, uh, this here right here for you. Uh, <coughs> this is the guy that came in, and um, here's what he says. Uh, words that came up for you during the Warrior Week movie. So when it, this is when they watch the actual Warrior Week documentary. Yep, sure. And this is what this man says. We're going to call him Bob just to keep him anonymous. So Bob says, I used to have goals, drive, and I was what I thought was a good man, husband and a father. I'm not anymore. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by what I've become and the things that I do in my life. It's buried me somewhere inside of me. But I'm peeled, but I'm peeled years of porn, cheating, alcohol, money problems, and divorces on it. I'm tired of feeling like I don't matter. I know I'm making it worse every day. I'm failing. It's like I get one area of my life together and another one goes to shit. In reality, I don't have a damn thing together. I'm fat, slow. And at the bottom of wrong, I don't know who to ask for help. Maybe you. Let me repeat that line again. Mm -hmm. I don't know who to ask for help. So he's alone. Maybe you. He's completely alone, Sam. You know, it's what it's <laughs> every man that comes to Warrior Week, right? That's that's where they end up. They're alone. They're on their last thread. They've got no other play in their deck of cards. That's it. And when you ask these people, you know, why would you come to such a program? Why are you an ideal guy mm -hmm. to participate? He writes, my own bullshit has buried what was once a good man. Or so I thought. My wife wants him back, deserves him back, and so do my children. I'm being called to something higher. But I've buried myself so deep in my own shit that I can't find a way out. It's time to drain the fucking swamp, and maybe, just maybe, I can show my son how to do it before he does the same thing to himself.
And so what it says is that loneliness is contagious. Yeah. He doesn't want to pass that down as his legacy, right? Loneliness is contagious because you, motherfucker, if you feel alone, you're constantly projecting this energy on your kids and on your wife. Although you may not talk about it and you may mask it really well, but kids feel it. Kids feel your certainty. Kids feel the way you operate. Kids feel who you are inside. So if you're a guy that is constantly fucking hiding all your fucking lies from your kids and your wife, guess what, motherfucker? They're like a sponge. They're absorbing this anyway. You're not hiding shit. Energetically, they're feeling this. So if you're fucking uncertain, so will be your son. And don't you, don't you fucking put him in some fucking program outside of your leadership where you can actually delegate fatherhood somewhere. Oh, I'm going to put him in some, some military weekend camp. He's going to man up. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him in, in, a, in, a, in a sports camp. He's going to man up. Oh, I'm going to put him in this and he's going to man up. No, he's not going to fucking man up. Because the only energy he mimics is yours. And if you're uncertain and if you're not qualified to lead your own fucking flesh, then fuck you. Fuck you and your stories. Stop delegating your leadership as a father to someone else. For so many years we have done this. We have delegated our leadership as fathers and husbands to fucking schools, church, government agencies, or whatever the fuck you want to call them. The leadership starts with you, and it starts with owning your totality. It starts with owning your energy. It starts by telling the fucking truth to everyone. Oh, he's a kid. He doesn't need to know truth. No, fuck you. That's a fucking story. He's a kid. He's, does, he's kid. He's pure. He doesn't deserve to hear another fucking lie. Stop putting fucking lies in his ear. Your stories and your assumption to protect the truth is hurting them. And it's hurting you, man. Because those are the lies. You keep telling these lies. Because you keep giving yourself permission to operate this way. You don't even question who taught you this way. Systematically, how you arrive to operate from this place. Who told you this shit? Your dad? Who told them this shit? These are not easy conversations to have. This is straightforward, man. And you may listen to this and you may say, fuck you and fuck that. And all you got to do is face the reality. There is a fucking liar inside of you. And if you don't pull him out and if you don't see him, then none of this shit matters. We're not going anywhere. I had to do this. There was a goddamn fucking liar living inside of me for 37 years. For 37 years, I lied to everyone. Everyone I lied to. Everyone, man. And this awakening experience where I, I realized that the power is in truth and the truth is simple. It's not to fucking lie. There are no white lies. There are no small lies. There are no fucking lies whatsoever. There is always the truth. And it's not going to be pretty all the time. And it's going to cost money. And you're not going to be able to lie to your insurance agent about the mileage of your car so you can save money. Fuck you, motherfucker. That's a lie. You can sit here and say, well, I had to do that because, you know, times are rough. I had to cut some money. No, that's a lie. Everything is a lie. When you start putting assumptions and justifications around it, that it's going to be fucking okay. So then, I want to come back to... I want to come back to the lie you were telling yourself, man. Okay. The lie I was telling myself. You know, and it's something I battled with for a long time, for the longest, for the longest part of my life, is I've just... Uh, I've never felt worthy, Sam. I've never felt like I deserve anything. The life I have, the the vision of the life I want, 
It was always a lie. That was my biggest lie. And then what I would do, like you're saying, is I would make little white lies to justify that big lie. Because the big lie of me not being worthy made me make up stories of things that I would get to make it better. To make me feel like I was worthy, right? So I would lie about certain things, about scenarios, about who I was and what I was capable of and, and, and what I can and can't do. Because then it felt like, okay, I could then be worthy of it. The moment I was able to face that and realize that, and, and like you said, just tell the fucking truth, that's when my life started to change. I started to accept me for who I was and for what I was capable of and didn't listen to anything anybody else said. Like, we tend to lie because we want acceptance, right? That's why we lie. Like, the insurance example, you lie because you want to improve your life. But why don't you just do the fucking work? Yeah. I I remember my last lie. What was it? I'll tell you. It, it My last lie changed my life. Okay. Last lie I told, 2014. We're sitting in the offices. I believe it's January 2014. We're sitting in the offices, myself and Garrett. And back in the days, we had another coach with us, Satima. Satima Galli was with us at that time. Um, so we're sitting in the office and, and uh, in the old HQ. Mm-hmm. You, you remember that yep, place? Yep, yep. And, uh, and the lights go out. Now, we were about to start Warrior Week. I believe Warrior Week 16 or 17. I believe it was the one in February. So No, actually, it was the one in January. So Warrior Week 16th, the one that Jesse Ewell came into and, and uh, Jim Stegg and a few other guys. It was, it was, uh, so the it was, OGs, right? Yeah, it was one of fucking kind. <laughs> but anyway, I remember... Sitting there, we're preparing the last items as as checking about to begin in about three or four hours, and the lights go out. Oh shit! In the old HQ, I'm like, what the fuck? So we start calling uh, Southern California Gas and Electric, whatever the, the company, right. electric company is, and um, and and we found out that we haven't paid the seventy five dollar bill. Fuck. And the problem for that was it's fucking the, the mail would go to this to this generic place at that location mm-hmm. and we would never ever ever check mails in that place. In fact, I think we lost the fucking keys. <laughs> so like no one would ever check that. Right. And the, and it was not automated for whatever reason. So they cut off the, the electricity uh, because the bills weren't paid and were like, "Hey man, we got like a $100,000 event happening in the next four uh 4 minutes or so. So what do we do about this?" Uh, they're like, hey, listen, uh, you know, the, the 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 best we can do is have a technician there in in two days or in one day, whatever time. Frame, I think, but it was more than twenty four hours. So I'm like, fuck, we can't have that. We have an event running in the next four days here. Right. So, um, so then I hang up, and and we're obviously like, I remember Garrett and Satima were talking about some other stuff, and Garrett's like, hey, dude, like just handle the shit. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna handle this shit, right? I'm gonna handle this shit the way I knew how to handle this shit. I fucking pick up the phone and I call them again. Mm-hmm. And I came up with the biggest fucking lie, what was right, it? to get what I want. So I told them we're running a business here. And she, she says, well, what kind of business is it? I said, I said it's a daycare. It's a daycare for special infants between, between the ages one month to 12 months that have difficulty breeding. And they need these humidifiers to run all the time to keep the room moist enough. That's and if f- we don't do that... We're gonna have we're gonna have a serious fucking risk. As we speak, I'm running to CVS and I'm buying these humidifier, but they're not they're not they're not they're not good enough. We need the machines. We we need the sophisticated stuff for the babies. As I'm telling this fucking story, as I'm getting pulled into this lie, because I'm capable of fucking lying like a motherfucker. That's a detailed lie. Too. That's a detailed fucking, a fucking lie story. that came to me in in a matter of seconds because. That's how much of a fucking liar I was. Holy shit. And so I'm, as I, I started using the lie to create a false emotion. This woman on the other side was in tears. Was in tears. And now this is a customer service agent. She has no fucking authority. Right, right. For the next 30 minutes, she was running around to make something happen for me. Mm-hmm. And they actually pulled the electricity 45 minutes later to put it on. Really? And as I hanged up the phone, I remember Garrett telling me something. What did he say? He turned around and he told me, 
you know, that was a fucking lie. So I'm like, hey, what are you talking about, bro? We made it work. Like, at this point, you should yeah. fucking high-five yeah, me, like, man. Yeah, like, high-five, let's get it done. Like, what the fuck? We, we made it happen. Right. This is skills, son. Right. It, it's skills to sh take shit happen. He goes, look, you just fucking lied. You put a version of the truth in the universe out there. Now that person is going to run with that version of the truth. And she's already communicated this to her supervisor and other people. There are other people running with the version of the truth that is false. Mm -hmm. And it's going to circulate around. Mm -hmm. And it's going to cause some shit because it's not true. And it is out of your control. You've just put a lie in the universe and you have zero fucking control to correct this. That's a fucking lie. And you live by a code, motherfucker. What the fuck are you doing? Fuck you and fuck this event and fuck everybody else that's coming to this event. I don't give a fuck if we have to run this event in the ocean in the dark with no food and no electricity. But we live by a fucking code and we don't lie. 2014 January, my last fucking lie. Holy As a shit. result of it, the next day, I booked an appointment and I got a fucking tattoo. Mm -hmm. I got the lion, this 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 lion here, as uh, just right here on my arm. Right. This lion here as as a symbol of honesty. Okay. And as a symbol to never ever lie again. And I never had any fucking tattoo on my arm, like nowhere. I just like fucking, you know, mm -hmm. no tattoo whatsoever, bro. And the only thing that radically changed everything for me mm -hmm. was a massive interruption, both emotionally with what Garrett told me, mm -hmm. and as well as a physical, physical. and a, the, the, the best physical interruption I could have had. Right, right after War Week, I got this tattooed. It was a few days before Little B had to go back to France. Mm -hmm. So I catched him as one of his last clients. And this physical pattern interruption has changed everything, has changed my character, has changed my identity, has changed the way I operate at home, has changed the way everybody is seeing me. Nobody's used to see fucking Sam with a tattoo. Right. What the fuck is going on? And everybody that would fucking judge me, this fact that I was honest And I would tell people exactly the story behind it. We're just making people like either run away or to say, fuck, man, I want to do that. Yeah, that's fucking deep. My last fucking lie. Yeah. I love it. Emotional pattern and a physical pattern. I love it. And so that what that's what happens at Worry Week. Yeah. If you if you really think about it, yeah. Worry Week is nothing but a pattern interrupter. Emotional and physical with our evolutions. Purely so, emotional and physical. Take take the emotional side and don't put any physical into it. Person won't have anything to remember this by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look back at my Warrior Week, I mean that was the huge, the biggest pattern interrupt was my Warrior Week, like the evolutions that I went through. Right in November, swimming in the ocean. Remember that shit, Sam? I remember that man. That Holy was pretty fucking shit. cold. That was huge. That physical evolution brought emotional emotional baggage out of me and it triggered some things and it changed me who i was so let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about your pit okay night one were you weak you visit the pit mm -hmm. without getting through the details of what the evolution was and where the pit was mm -hmm. um talk to us about how you felt inside of the pit like Where was your world, man? Like, close your eyes and bring yourself in that. I remember it was right around 7, 7.30 at night. It was mm -hmm. fucking dark and cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was it was completely cold. And being a small guy, yet again, weighing what I weighed back then, like, it was fucking freezing cold. And we were getting wet. And, uh, you know, in my pit, there was just this broken guy. This broken man that had nothing left at all. Like, there was nothing left. All I had was me. And in this pit, when I, when I, when I, when I go back into it, I see it. It's basically me being alone. That's it, Sam. That, that is my pit. My pit is me being alone and knowing that the only way out is not stopping and not giving up. 
that it that is like going back to it just it's crazy how you're like fucking bring me back to this yeah like i you know i mean it happened two years ago and i, and I recollect some of the times and I, and I and i talk about it and i share my experience with others but just being here with you right now like it, it's visceral like i can feel everything i can feel the inadequacy that i had like like let's be real sam that never goes away never goes away those feelings are there they're like scars their memories are never gonna go away but now i have an opportunity to recognize those feelings and say i don't accept those as my reality because when i was in that pit that's all i knew that was my reality there was no other version of me that existed that was my pit so this 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 space this environment this room this podcast uh, this effort mm-hmm. um is linked to an existence of fact. The fact is, two years ago, you were in the pit. Mm -hmm. You were in the pit somewhere around this location, not too far. No. You were in the pit. Mm -hmm. And Parables from the Pit is a story of the man inside of the pit. And the only way we're going to tell this story is to physically feel that. Yeah. Dude, like you're not alone feeling this shit. I feel this shit too right now too, man. Like you feel the energy. I, I remember your fucking pain. I remember I made a fucking promise to you. Mm-hmm. I remember we we at that time tuition for Warrior Week went from ten thousand to twenty thousand. Right, I remember that. And I announced that to you. Yeah. And you were one of the first guys in the fucking history of Warrior Week to say, "I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna find a way to pay that." Yeah. Here's my last two thousand dollars. Like basically, take my two thousand dollars. And I'm going to have a couple of hundred dollars to live in my fucking car. Yeah. And I took it because yeah. I need I know you needed that. Right. I could have said, hey, no problem, man. Like, just, you know, just leave a deposit and we'll do. I took it because I knew I took it with a fucking promise. I said, Dan, I'm going to fucking take this. But I'm but but I'm going to help you be here, man. I remember that. Like, like you were ruthless and relentless at getting me to come here. Like, there were so many obstacles that came up, but I just would not stop. And I remember that. I remember that. Like, you were pushing me like a motherfucker. And it, I needed that at that moment because I was in a place in my life where I needed somebody to, to fight with me. Right? Like, I needed somebody to say, hey, dude, like, like, like I'm going to show you the way. I'm not going to carry you. I'm not going to fucking hold your hand through it, but it's doable. And I got you. Just fucking do it. I remember that. And so you started paying slowly. You did everything that you could, everything. man. Everything. And then and then one day I called you and said, listen, bro, uh, you know, we decided to bring back the tuition to 10K. So it didn't even fucking matter. You were like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, fuck. It was yeah. like, okay, I don't give a fuck. Money didn't matter. It wasn't no. the tuition. No. Didn't matter. Mm-mm. What mattered was was what you were seeking at that time. Yeah. Because you began the shift of becoming a seeker. The pain, the pain pushed you to become a seeker. Asking yourself this question of what possibility is out there for me and why? Why? What is the purpose of all this? What is the purpose? I'm tired of fucking reading books and concepts and going to fucking seminars and webinars and people talking about why and purpose. And I get it. I knock my head. I'm like, okay, I get the concept. I go home. I don't know what the fuck does it mean. I can't live it. How can I feel the purpose? Yeah. Feeling the purpose. Because right after, when you went through your pit and you saw a possibility that night, that same night in your pit, you saw a possibility that there is a greater version of yourself that is exists in the horizon. You didn't have any fucking path. No. You didn't have any solutions. You didn't know any no. blueprints. You, didn't ha- you don't know anything no. at second day I'm talking about. No. You had no idea how to get there. No. But all you knew is that for the first time inside of this fucking pit, this painful place, 
out in the horizon, there was a light into the dark, and there was a possibility for you to believe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's this, it's this feeling of, of I can, you know, there's just something there that if I just keep pushing, I will get there. That no matter how dark this pit is, no matter how, how horrible it feels, there's this feeling of like, I can push through it if I'm willing to do the work. It's, that's what it was. That's what it was. Like the first day was hell. I remember the first day was complete hell. But there was no other way back. There was no other options besides this. There was no, okay, well, I've had enough. I'm just going to try something different. You're at this breaking point of, listen, if you don't do this, there is nothing else. You know, I had uh, I had another application. I have another application here from... Uh He's an actually guy that I know. He's a pro baseball player. He came into the Brotherhood uh, last year. I won't mention his name, so we're going to use Bob again. Um, Bob, the pro baseball player, came into the Brotherhood, stayed with us for a couple of months, and he kind of fucking vanished, you know? And now he comes back applying for Warrior Week, and he writes the following. I mean, he, he's, he's writing a bunch of stuff all over the place, but um, he's saying, why well, am I must to level up in life right now? I feel close to the end. With your energy and learning and reprogramming, I feel I can change my life. And I know in my heart, retraining myself since I retired with you warriors would save my life and my marriage, and I could learn balance. I escaped from life like a bitch. Just being with you, I do not have a lot of money. I'm depressed. My marriage is going south. I thought being a pro athlete was cool. It ruined my life. I need you guys. And so here is another story of a man in his pit. Mm -hmm. And he's familiar with the content. He's familiar with, with the doctoring. And he knows exactly what the fucking pit is. Right. And he's tried to somehow find his way out of the pit only to find himself out of the thing that is actually helping him, which is this space or this place called the Warrior Brotherhood or whatever it is that we do here. Mm -hmm. Which is why I want to talk about specifically Warrior Week is that Warrior Week is an experience architected and designed to shatter a frame, to completely reframe the identity and a character of a man just like it did to me, just like it did to you. Mm -hmm. And inside of this, you look at the pain that this guy is living with mm -hmm. as a baseball pro athlete. Some people say he has a dream life. Alone. Yeah. He's alone once again. Mm -hmm. And so the conversation of Warrior is not, hey, you belong. The conversation of Warrior is wake the fuck up. Because if you're not awakened, you don't belong anywhere. Not here. You don't even belong home. And that's fucking painful. Yeah. Yeah. To be alone. I mean, every aspect of it. I mean, this guy, let's take a look at this guy, right, Sam? So this guy is is a baseball professional, right? They have teams. They have their own brotherhood, right? This guy has, is, has men that he's with that are like supposed brothers to him that, 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 that play games with him, that travel with him, but yet he feels alone. Right, because he feels alone because guess what, Sam? He can't be authentic probably with his brothers because he doesn't live the truth because he's not in a space and an environment that can give him the opportunity to wake up. Yeah. And I have another application here <laughs> telling another story. <clears throat> this is actually a very successful entrepreneur. We're not going to name him again. We're going to call him Bob. We've got a lot of Bobs. And he tells us here that he makes, uh, you know, close to $100,000 a month in terms of revenue. So that's over a million dollars a year in terms of personal revenue. And money is not a problem. And he's screaming, debt or freedom. And I want freedom. And he says, I want to break the mold 
that I allow to hold me. Wake the good beast up that I know is screaming to get out. Fight harder to see my kids instead of allowing it to break my heart daily and press me down like a freaking broken dog. Give me the true ability to be free and help others to freedom. And so he's talking about the pain, again, of being fucking alone. Yeah. And not feeling free. He has all the money in the world. Doesn't mean shit. In his application, he's apparently 7% body fat. Not that I do give a fuck, but that's what he's saying. That's, that's, that's like athlete status. Good for him. Mm-hmm. 42. I mean, he, he, has, he has this thing worked out when it comes to his body and business. You know why? Because he can measure that shit. Right. He can measure it. Well, obviously, we know because we have 7%. And in the application, we also have the exact amount of dollars that he's making. So he's very clear yeah. on where he's at in his body and in his it's business. Where his fucking lost and feel like a prisoner is inside of his marriage, inside of his relationship with his kids. Mm-hmm. And so he feels alone at home. The one place that you're supposed to feel cozy and you're supposed to feel welcome. Yeah. I know that feeling. I was there. Family and everything. I was there. It does it, it doesn't listen, here here's here's what I here's the way I see it, Sam. If you do not face this demon of being uh, of this this demon of feeling alone, no matter what you fill that void with, whether it's money, a nice body, a nice job, a, a nice hobby, all you're doing is sedating. Yeah, that's all you're doing is sedating, and your children and your wife will suffer. And guess what's going to happen ultimately? You're going to fucking lose it. We've seen it over and over. Right. right. You, the, the feeling of being alone will translate into reality and you will end up alone. I professed my own reality when I told her I feel alone. Guess what happened months later? I was. Yeah. It's it, true. It's like your body is telling you, you're, not even fuck your body, that voice is telling you you are alone and you're ignoring it. And then... What happens is, is it gets louder and louder till everybody around you hears it but you. And then what happens is, they make it happen. True. And inside of the space, inside of this conversation that we had today, as we shared your pit, and as we talked about the pain points of some of the guys knocking at the door, uh, we hope that this message resonated somehow with you. And that it has awakened a part of you to question at least the fact that whether you're lying or not today. That's it. If we've done that today, that's a good thing. And inside of that, we invite you to go and visit warweek.com to see the documentary and see if maybe it's time for you to apply for this experience called Warrior Week. This podcast will be live at warriorweeknow.com and as well as on iTunes for download and reviews in this experience in this space with Dan our only intention was to tell the stories of the pit and particularly the story of Dan from what he felt in his pain and reliving his pain live on this podcast <laughs> so that you on the other side either listening or watching energetically can feel the same and if you feel the same pain then perhaps maybe there is a place here for you to deal with the pain, process it, and find the power on the other side. And we're going to go quickly to, to Dan for a fast-forward two years after where you're at right now. You caught out of the pit, and so where are you today, Dan? So just that our viewers and our listeners can actually connect sure. to the full spectrum of the story. Sure. So after I went through this, after I went through my pit and found my pit and found out who I was, I mean, let's take a look at where I am now. Right, I've I weigh more than I ever have in my entire life. I weighed one fifty seven, right? And this is not one fifty fat seven. Shit, one twenty seven, yeah, man. Right, one twenty five, you right. were. Yeah, one twenty five. Yeah. Fucking yeah! I remember so, your nickname was Toothpick. <laughs> so thirty pounds heavier over a year, of like, constant work and workouts. What did you do? CrossFit, huh? CrossFit and ate like a fucking beast. Good. That's what I did. You know, after going through that, right? Two years later, I'm now in Laguna Beach. 
living a completely different life, completely different career than I would ever imagine I could because I gave myself the time and space to find myself and really be who I wanted to become and feel like I'm worthy. Like I am worthy of this body. I am worthy of the profession I have. I am worthy of the person I am, the thoughts that I have. This all came from that, Sam. Yeah. Two years later, I'm living a completely different life that if you asked two years ago, is it possible? I would have said, you're fucking insane. Like, fuck you. And the beauty of it is is to feel this right now in this room and how happy you are, man, today. Yeah. And, and y y you were always the kind of guy that, that was willing to do the fucking work, no matter what. Rain or shine. But, but to see you happy, to see you in your own element, to see you in your identity and your character and shining that upon everyone that you come across, it's a joy for me to watch. I appreciate it. And that. it's a beauty. And I thank you for being on this podcast, sharing your pit and your pain and the possibility with our viewers and our listeners. And I invite each and single of you to visit warriorweek.com, watch the, uh, the movie, the documentary, and see if there is a lesson or see if there's a message awaiting for you inside of that. If so, apply, and we hope to see you at Warrior Week. This was an fucking awesome podcast. Wasn't it? Yeah. Thanks, Sam. I Thanks love for this. being here. Yeah, buddy. All right.